For the last several weeks, we've been talking about prayer and fasting. And what we're doing in this series is we're talking through what we're calling the breakthrough disciplines, the ancient secret of life to the full. And today we're going to talk about how to pace yourself for breakthrough. We're going to look at some of the lesser known spiritual disciplines that relate to slowing down a little bit in your everyday life. Now, in each one of these disciplines, we'll look at the problem that we can get into in our lives, and then we'll take a look in yellow at the spiritual discipline that we're defining. Here's the first one. A hurried life keeps us from being present enough to love God and people. So the spiritual discipline of slowing is intentionally putting ourselves into situations that teach us to wait. Now, this is one that really resonates with me because I'm an impatient person and it's easy for me to be so focused on the task. And a lot of times it's even a good task, but I get so focused on the task that I'm not present with people around me. I'm so hurried all the time that I'm not present with my wife or with my kids or with the people that I work with. Matthew 17 illustrates this perfectly. It says there that Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, James and John, and led them up to the high mountain to be alone. And it says, as the men watched, that his appearance was transformed so that his face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as light. And suddenly Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus. So here we have this powerful transfiguration moment where Jesus is revealing himself to his closest disciples. And look at what happens next in verse 4. Peter exclaims, Lord, it's wonderful for us to be here. If you want, I'll make three shelters as memorials, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And it says in verse 5 that even as Peter spoke, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, Hey, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Just listen to him. Can you see what's happening here? Jesus is trying to connect with his disciples and reveal himself to his disciples. And Peter is having a hard time slowing down to do that. God the Father is saying, hey, I love the Son and I want you to love him and be in relationship with him. While Peter is trying to hurry up and accomplish his tasks. That's why author John Ortberg says, love and hurry are fundamentally incompatible Love always takes time, and time is one thing hurried people don't have. So if you can relate to Peter or to me, then there are a couple practical ways you can slow down and learn to be more present in your life. And it's really simple. Drive in the slow lane. Or when you're at the grocery store, get into the longer lane on purpose to teach yourself to slow down. Or maybe on your way home from work this week, Take the long way home intentionally and try not to be so efficient. Love isn't always efficient, so learn to slow down. Here's the second discipline. A crowded life gives the world permission to shape us into its mold. So the spiritual discipline of solitude is withdrawing from the constant barrage of stimulation to let God transform us. Whether it's TV or social media or just always being around family and friends, the truth is that our lives in the modern world can get so crowded that we conform to the world around us. And that's why I love what Romans 12 says. Paul says, don't copy the behavior 
and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And solitude is one of those spiritual disciplines that helps us accomplish what Paul is talking about here in Romans 12. Now, it's also illustrated well in the life of Jesus in Mark chapter 6. I encourage you to read it for yourself. But basically, he gathers his disciples and he gives them the authority to go cast out demons. They go off and start doing ministry. And then John the Baptist, later in the chapter, gets beheaded. That's Jesus' cousin and friend. So in the midst of all of that, we pick up the story in verse 30. It says, the apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour they told him all that they had done and taught. And so Jesus said this in the context of all the highs and lows that we're seeing just in Mark chapter six, he says, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. And verse 31 explains that he said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. Now, if you read this passage for yourself, you'll see that this is where he feeds the 5,000. So he doesn't even get to break away before he has to do another miracle surrounded by literally thousands of people. And we read a little bit further down that after that miracle, immediately Jesus insisted that his disciples get back in the boat and head across the lake to Bethsaida while he sent the people home. And it says this, after telling everyone goodbye, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Now, what I want you to see in these verses, and I encourage you to go back and read all of Mark 6 once again, and it'll really jump out to you, but that Jesus is having a crazy, busy, hectic day with highs and lows, and this is kind of how all of us are, right? And still, Jesus finds time to break away. He's focused on it. He's working hard on it. He breaks away to spend some time in solitude, and if Jesus... God himself needed solitude to stay sane in his life, in his ministry, in his everyday. How much more do you and I need solitude in our regular schedules, whether it's just five minutes a day or every once in a while, maybe once a month or once a quarter or once a year, we actually take a couple of days away to be alone and spend some time with God so that he can transform us. And here's the last thing, a selfish life. And we're all plagued by this. But a selfish life tempts us to use our words to control things. So silence, and this is the third spiritual discipline relating to pacing. Silence is choosing not to speak so you can hear from God and learn to submit to him. Now, maybe you think of the spiritual discipline of silence as something that only monks have to do, right? Taking a vow of silence. But it's actually something that we can all benefit from. If you've never tried this, it might really reveal some things to you about your need to try to control things with your words. Author Richard Foster says, One reason we can hardly bear to remain silent is that it makes us feel so helpless. We're so accustomed to relying upon words to manage and control others. Whether that's trying to manage and control friends or family or people in the neighborhood or in the workplace or for you young people trying to manage and control, you know, your friends, the people in your friend group, or whether it's trying to use our words to control God, to try to get God to do what we want. Silence is so valuable because it teaches us that we need to let God have the final word. It teaches us how to listen to God. It teaches us how to let God be God. 
the wise King Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes 5, as you enter the house of God, keep your ears open and your mouth shut. It's evil to make mindless offerings to God. Don't make rash promises and don't be hasty in bringing matters before God. After all, God is in heaven and you are here on earth, so let your words be few. The spiritual discipline of silence is taking this passage all the way to the extreme. You're keeping your mouth shut so that you can hear from God and let God be God in your life. And one more verse, Psalm 46, 10. Be still and know that I am God. And that's a great verse for all of these pacing disciplines, whether it's slowing or solitude or silence. You're learning to say to God, you're in control, I'm not. And that kind of attitude before God is what brings breakthrough. 